Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Bharti Jagdash Finance presenter Ryan Huang and Adrian Abraham. Time now for The Bigger Picture. I understand that global risk sentiment being weighed down this week by a slew of factors that we have been following all morning, Ryan. That's right. So, of course, right at the top, we've got the Chinese property situation around China Evergrande. You've got the slump in commodity prices. That has been weighing on Australian markets. And of course, investors also waiting on a sideline for the FOMC uh, meeting that's taking place this week. So all of that with the bigger picture with Mito Kutucha. He is the Chief Emerging Markets for Asia and Europe Strategist, TD Securities. Morning, Mito. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. Hey, Mito. Thanks for helping us out today. And let's start with the main headline these days, what's happening in the Chinese property market. You've got a bit of worry around the contagion risk. And this is around China Evergrande. What might happen in terms of impact? And already we are seeing the Chinese yuan pushing three-week lows recently. What's your take on how this might spill over into the rest of the asset classes? Well, I think we're already starting to see uh, significant contagion this week. And if we look at what's happened even just overnight, I think, as you said, uh, there's a number of factors. But this uh, situation with Evergrande and concerns about a wider impact on China's property sector and its economy has resulted in a wider impact in global markets. Now, the the question is, you know, it's been put as China's Lehman's moment, which Mm. seems a little bit far-fetched in our view. It, It does look like things could worsen in the property development sector. A lot of this is due to regulations that China has put into place, and there may still be more contagion, but the reality is that it's unlikely uh, to result in a significant knock-on impact on China's economy at uh, this stage. And, you know, we probably will see some recovery in markets, but that's not after further short-term pain, at least. Yeah, Mito, you mentioned it might not be a Lehman case. What makes you say so? Well, I think it's a very different ball game with what's taking place with Evergrande. And uh, the amount of uh, debt and uh, exposure that it has uh, in terms of the overall debt in China is, is far lower. It's knock-on implications are probably smaller. But that said, it's, not, it's certainly not a, a small issue, and it's a company that employs a huge amount of, of people. It has uh, also knock-on impact on, into the property development sector in China as well. And so it, 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 there may be continued contagion, uh, depending on what happens. And obviously, we're looking at Thursday and debt payments that mm. are due then. Um, but I think in terms of the financial sector exposure and the strength of the financial sector and relative ability to withstand uh, further pressure, it's certainly a lot stronger than we would have seen, for instance, in the past. So uh, that's, in a sense, why we don't expect this to turn into something much bigger. Yeah, Mitu, are we seeing a bit of a sell-first-and-ask-later approach here? Because we are seeing a bit of a flocking to safe haven assets like the dollar, the yen. Uh, what was this going to do when it comes to emerging market currencies? Well, I think there, there is a self-first factor here. And I think, uh, as you'd mentioned, there's a number of factors here. I mean, there's concerns about growth weakness um, mm. that's been seen in a number of economies, the U.S. and China. Uh, equities valuations seem to be fairly stretched here. We're looking at profits weakening. Uh, there's obviously still concerns about vaccinations and COVID cases and inflation, lingering inflation risks. And when you put it all together, the market does look like it's a bit vulnerable to a correction here. Uh, and that's kind of what we're seeing. For emerging markets, obviously, uh, there is still concern. Certainly when we look in Asia, the, the amount of vaccinations 
is still relatively low, especially in Southeast Asia. And uh, at the same time, COVID cases are, are relatively high in some countries. And that's put at, uh, some delay in the opening process. Uh, and more mobility restrictions in the region. So it does weigh on growth and activity recovery. Yeah, talking about the recovery, um, we've been watching the FOMC meeting for quite some time on what might happen in terms of talk about tapering. What is the risk of a potential taper tantrum? Because you talk about how emerging markets are seeing some growth slowdown as well as possibly a another round of wave of infections. How will this all pan out in terms of a possible taper tantrum? Well, I think this time around, the Fed is obviously being very careful to telegraph uh, tapering. And we may not see a formal announcement at uh, this week's meeting from the Fed, but uh, clearly they are moving ever closer to saying that we're almost there. Mm. And we could see uh, some acknowledgement that we will see an announcement either November or December uh, when tapering could begin. Now, again, it's unlikely that we're going to see such a significant impact on emerging markets. Now, we may see some, and that may involve a stronger dollar against mm-hmm. some EM currencies, some pressure on interest rate markets and, and equities. But as I said, I think it's unlikely that we are going to see the same sort of taper tantrum that we saw and uh, in the past, or even the, the move that we saw after President Trump's election uh, in terms of uh, the EM assets and, and the move in bond yields. So, again, we think it's probably going to be more of a sanguine reaction mm. in markets. Uh, Mitsu, every quarter, the FOMC will, will reveal the dot plot. What are you watching out for here? Are we expecting any shift in interest rate high expectations in terms of timelines? Well, our view is that the the base case would be that we won't see any shift in the dot plot. But bearing in mind at the last meeting that we did see quite a significant shift. And this time around, you only need to see one or two, at least two, uh, Fed FOMC members to change their forecast for the next year to see the dot plot shift. So it could change very easily to a more hawkish dot plot. So I think that's the risk out of this meeting that we end up seeing uh, a more hawkish spin coming out of the Fed FMC, in which case you may see some further pressure on assets in emerging markets. And me too, just to wrap things up, I want to get your take on the outlook for Asian currencies because we've talked about a couple of issues here. We've got the contingent effect possibly from China property markets, a possible slowdown, and all this could mean slower trade and growth ahead. What will this do for some of the top Asian currencies here? Well, I think it's a number of factors uh, that will keep some short-term pressure on Asian currencies. One, it's, as you said, the RMB and concerns there, and that, that currency is, is certainly uh, starting to underperform, and that could weigh China-linked currencies down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the same time, you've got pressure on, as I mentioned, because of vaccination, low vaccinations, high COVID cases, continued pressure on some Southeast Asian currencies. So I think in an environment where risk aversion looks a little bit more elevated and the dollar looks a bit firmer, it does look like we're going to see Asian currencies remain on the back foot in the very near term. So possibly some of those more um, economies open to trade that could be most vulnerable? I think that's right. Look, if we've seen our performance in the likes of uh, Korea, Taiwan, etc., because of strong trade, trade still remains very resilient. But if China's economy slows down, uh, that will just have a knock-on impact, in particular, on some of these North Northeast Asian economies and countries. But as I said, I think you know, mm. Southeast Asia is not escaping here. Uh, the likes of Thailand, Philippines, etc., still have very elevated COVID cases, and, and therefore mobility restrictions and, and pressure on their currencies has not eased as yet. All right, Mito, lots to watch out for in the days ahead. We've been chatting with Mito He is the Chief Strategist for Emerging Markets for Asia and Europe for TD Securities. Mito, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. 
Available on Google Play or the App Store.